rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? discuss minute 57 of Thorn King. Before we get to that, David, heading back over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. We've talked many a time on the uh, the news episodes each month, just how horrible social media is and what it's been doing to fandoms. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, or thankfully, Collect Jurassic has decided to have another go, go on Facebook and start his page, group, site, whatever you want to call it, back up there. Uh Pedia's sort of going back the other way, and we've talked about the message boards before, but we've got a link here to the uh, article by Trenosaur TJ. Um, just a bit of backstory, heading back to the, the forums on the, on Pedia, just the tight-knit Jurassic community, looked after by Jurassic fans, looked after by Pedia. We don't have Meta deciding that this picture of the Trenosaur doesn't meet our community standards and <laughs> lock your group or lock your page. Just, mm-hmm. yeah back amongst fans, discussing the franchise amongst fans. Yeah. This was an article that I had actually kind of just ended up rewriting for Terry, and you can kind of see there's a couple spelling errors I keep finding in here (laughs) that I keep having to go back and edit. And so it kind of got amalgamized, I guess. I love how my... I've noticed recently my iPad or my iPhone when I'm editing docs or something or writing in mm-hmm. uh, Google Docs, unless you're connected to the internet, it will not auto correct or anything. It just leaves it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure... Well, this I had copy and pasted from um, from a Word doc. I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But anyway, yeah. The way we see it is social media it's kind of at an odd crossroads right now. It's kind of at this point where Facebook isn't the powerhouse it used to be because of so many teens now flocking to um, TikTok. Twitter is being uglyfied by Musk, whatever the hell he's doing there. (laughs) I I don't know what is on his mind because now he's thinking about paywalling the entire site and I think he severely underestimates the number of people who are willing to pay for social media. I mean, social media is horrible by itself. Nobody wants to pay to be trolled. Mm. <laughs> then, I mean, like, the limitate, uh, there's not really a lot of social media websites that are the that are kind of well-regulated anymore. I guess that's the best word. You try to... you. For example, when our page went down on Facebook the first time, we could never get it back. It was all automated when Facebook – and this is actually what drove us to start upping the um, the forum advertisement more was because for some reason there's no reason given. We have no idea why, and we talked about this before I think on the show – when Meta decided to take down Jurassic World or Jurassic Park or yeah Jurassicpedia's 
Instagram and Threads account. It it, it was inexplicable. I, mean, I just woke up one morning to the bad news that oh hey uh, we decided to just delete your page out of random. We don't we don't uh, have an expl- explanation why we did this, but we did. And there's seems to be between us between the troubles that Jurassic or Collect Jurassic have ha- has had. And I know there's other accounts out there that have had similar issues as well with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those social media sites that they aren't they aren't a certainty. They don't have the guarantee that you're gonna just wake up one day and it's not and it's gonna be there because you don't own the content. You're just playing in somebody else's sandbox. Mm-hmm. With the forum, we have this guarantee that for as long as we're here we can have this form. Yes, we can take it away as if it doesn't end up being that big of a thing. But we're trying to hope that the fan that there's other fans out there who are just sick of the whole social media thing and the uncertainty of whether your account's even going to be there because Facebook auto moderation decided to tag an old selfie from. 2017 that says, oh, you showed a nipple, oh, we're going to take this down and delete your entire account. And then it it actually turns out to be a guy, (laughs) his nipples. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know anybody that's happened to, but knowing Facebook's idiotic algorithms, that's liable to happen. I've always considered forums to be a superior form of communication. They're not as real-time. I will say that is probably... One of the biggest detractors of the form is that you can't really, it's not as instantaneous for conversation, which is why we've kept our Discord up. And we have our Discord link up on Jurassicpedia.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to join that, you're free and welcome to. We, aren't, we invite anybody to participate. We're always on there participating. And... We just think that, like, for serious discussion of of topics, any kind of topics, hats, uh, uh, rubber mat, Halloween masks, or Jurassic Park, anything like that, I think forums are superior because you it's just easier to navigate as a tool. It's easier to post photos in the middle of your conversation. It's easier not to be interrupted in the middle of making a post. It's just, I think, superior for actual conversation and not just, like, chatting. Hmm. Yeah, just the, the, the whole concept of social media has changed so much. Like The only reason we've got the Twitter account is to... It's all about promotion, self-promotion, promoting an, a product... Uh, most most uh, most YouTubers would have social media to advertise, to try and get more views, to get more people to their channels. Same with Facebook, having Facebook groups, advertising, uh, trying to get mm-hmm. people to listen, listen, look, view, whether you're an artist, whether you're a songwriter, whether you're a content creator on YouTube, even though that word sucks. Uh, all, all these different things, we're back, back in the day, and... Even now, some people still do it. Well, here, here's some photos to share with friends and family. I am um, just had my head, my hair shaved off for uh, charity, <laughs> and just that that sort of stuff, which is what Facebook sort of did, and that's what a lot of old people, I suppose, get uh, made fun of for still using Facebook for. <laughs> but 
all the trendy ones that are, they're setting their they're sharing they're sharing their products and advertising and that and the same thing like we or Pedia posts to the Pedia Facebook group. Not only is it to share share content behind the scenes, um, articles or whatever else, but it is also to get traffic to the site. So it's it's just changed so much over the years. And social media now is nearly just becoming just this big advertisement glob <laughs> that is just trying mm-hmm. to get your eyes. Everyone's trying to get your attention. And then you just have the trolls come in and, yeah, pretty much destroyed what whatever, whatever good parts are still are still there if Facebook aren't doing it themselves. So oh, I don't know where I wanted to go yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, Pedia is not not doing that either we are using our social media presence right now we do still post like major updates and stuff like that that we can that we think everybody should know about but we're basically using it as advertisement for our other projects Mm. so yeah if you are if you are a fan of the franchise and obviously you are if you listen to this maybe um Step off, step off the socials for a little bit. The links there. Jump over to Jurassic Jurassic-pedia.com and uh, sign up in the message boards. Sign yeah. up on Discord if you haven't done it already, and um, and just take the conversation away from the socials. Get in there with your uh, fellow fans, informative fans. You're not going to have people asking why what killed the people at the start of Jurassic Park 3. It's done to death, people. <laughs> the oh, circle. that conversation comes up all the time. Yeah. Sure. The circle the circle of memes that keep coming up. If I see that goddamn T-Rex being patted down saying it's too tired from Jurassic Park behind the scenes again, I'll scream. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, jump over, give the message boards a try, and, um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, look what they've done to her. Who are these assholes? Animal traffickers. Look how they're treating them. They're not going to take them to a sanctuary. They're going to sell them. Not blue. They need her for something else. Like what? I don't know, but she's... She's averaging, and I don't have instruments. I want to keep her alive. Hey. Shh. You're all right. You're all right. Claire, come here. Put your hand here. Steady pressure. Hey, hey, hey. Dave, ready to get into minute 57 of Fallen Kingdom. Sure. Alright, minute 57, Falking opens in the dark hold of the Arcadia and ends with Claire applying pressure to Blue. Uh, here we are back in the Arcadia as it continues its journey from uh, Nublar to Northern California. Uh, we can see a guard with flashlight walking past uh, one of the park unimogs checking animal cages. Everyone must be up up on deck, must be chow time or something because <laughs> there's just one guard in here checking the animals. Um, but I suppose they're on the ship, they're sailing, they're pretty, feeling pretty safe and secure at the moment, which which was Roland's mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I will say this, that I know that the Arcadia was based partly on, um, partly on the landing platform dock used by Navy, the Navy. And one thing that my dad made mention of that when he was on his ship was there's that unlike like a destroyer, the LPD has a flat bottom, 
which kind of reduced the amount of roll that the ship experienced. So having this large cargo hold here, like an LPD, may mean that the ship has a flat bottom, reducing that amount of roll that the ship experiences. Mm-hmm. Which is, when you have a cargo ship, something you honestly kind of want. You don't want all your cargo flipping off the side of the the side of the ship. Well, not just that. Even the sailors or crew on board not having crew immobilized because they're seasick when they're going to get out and they fight or, or deploy. So, which just makes the storm even weirder. If we, we're going to we're going to attack this ship with a big storm to make it roll around a bit to uh, to facilitate the hijinks with the Trenosaur in a minute, but uh, it's not really what the vehicles or the ship would do. But I suppose if you're a big enough wave, big enough seas at it, it probably will rock a little bit. I'd have to... I'll do it for next minute. Google how what the crew complement of a ship like this would be. Because I'm just wondering, we know Wheatley's team isn't that large. I don't see five to six of the mercenaries all sharing bunk beds <laughs> as uh, as sailors would. Um, they'd probably have yeah. for themselves. Uh, in another room, Z is standing by Blue on a table. Uh, nope. Owen, Claire, and Franklin move out of the shadows and away from uh, their hiding spot here. Makes me wonder how long they've been standing behind this Unimog if they've just moved to this spot waiting for the guard to leave the hold or... Uh, because this Unimog's in a different spot to the one they come in earlier, and we know mm-hmm. Claire was in the front of it if she'd jumped in the back and had hidden there. I don't know how many other land, hiding spots you'd have have down there anyway, but um, in another room, Zaya is standing by Blue on a table. As the ship rocks, uh, she tries to hold Blue down and reassure her that she's okay. So we are getting the ship moving a little bit here. Um, Owen appears through the tarp door, which seems like it's the back, the canvas of the back of a vehicle, but he sort of just walks straight in, which suggests more that this is some sort of tent set up on the on the hold or the cargo floor and not a vehicle itself because they all sort of just walk into this tent they don't climb up into the back of, if this was the back mm-hmm. of a unimog you'd have to climb up into it but then I'm not, yeah, again not quite sure why they'd be setting field tents up in the ship <laughs> it's sort of a bit hard to peg a bit hard to peg your tent down when you've got a steel floor <laughs> Zaire is excited to see them alive but Darwin quickly puts his finger over his lips to uh, quieter uh, he goes to Blue's side and pats her head, and Z asks, "Who are these assholes?" Uh, Owen replied, <laughs> "Owen replied, animal traffickers. Uh, look how they are treating them. They aren't taking them to a sanctuary. They're going to sell them. Uh, that's a little bit different in a novel. We'll get there in a minute. But uh, I wonder how much experience Owen has in the field and with animal trafficking. We know he was, we know he was working with the Navy. I know the Navy does operations off the coast of Africa and that as training." So I wonder if part of his years in the Navy was uh, involved with animal traffickers at all. He would be. I think, uh, according to lore, he was in charge of training dolphins to plant landmines on enemy ships. Mm. I'm just trying to think of the Malta stuff from Dominion too. I'm pretty sure he, did they just stroll through the, the black market. We're not really giving out much mm-hmm. info about knowing any or having seen or met any of them before or anything like that yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's backstory there that uh probably would have been put in a novel if it was star wars mm-hmm. or a comic <laughs> um 
they theorise Blue needs uh, Blue's needed for something else, and they need her alive. But honestly, she's valuable. If she's the last Velociraptor, then they want they will want to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. Which is weird that they shot. Well, that was an accident anyway. But it's weird that Z's here by herself, and there aren't more people trying to uh, help Blue out this time. She's just been left by herself. Uh, especially if Mills telling <laughs> Wheatley over the phone how valuable Blue is. Mm-hmm. Well, not just as a specimen of her species, but because of the um, special genetics that have gone into her creation and the time spent that with the Ibris Project for her being taught how to cooperate and um, work with a team. It's something that um, something that Sorry, I'm trying to something that Wu, it's the end, my, end of my work week. <laughs> You're right. It's something that Wu brought up with Mills when they were arguing that the Indoraptor needs a mother. It's something that is it, the prototype is savage. It's unresponsive to commands. I mean, it follows the basic kind of point and shoot command, but it's unpredictable. It needs something that will allow it to bond to a human handler in the same way Blue has bonded to Owen, where he approaches her, he's not going to be instantly shredded, kind of thing, you know? Well, it's a common, uh, it's a reoccurring thing. They've made the same problem, or done the same thing with the Indominus. Mm-hmm. Just, you're, you're raising these animals in isolation, and they are not, <laughs> they are not, uh, Oh, was not sophisticated. They they're not mentally there <laughs> as animals. They're seeing all this for the first time, as Owen said, in Jurassic World. Um, and just yeah, not having that nurture. It's not just that. It's um, is that Wu is seems to be visibly learning from his mistakes here. He's not. He doesn't say, "Oh well, I guess it's savage." It's like, "Oh, so that's what went wrong with the Indomin- with the Indominus." When he does it again, and he's like, he's learning from his mistakes this time, you know? It also takes me back to uh, the end of Jurassic World when they're clearing the lab out and we see um, the kids looking at all these creations, all these mutants he's made, and they're all just sitting there, obviously because they've got prosthetics on them, but they're all just sitting there sort of calm. There's no... Not like a horror movie or something where you'd see the animals attacking the glass or trying to break out or mm. just just feral complete feral because they're um technically they're in isolation as well but um and then he just makes mm-hmm. locusts in the next movie that uh, don't eat humans or are no threat apart from eating all the crops <laughs> they should have had they should have they should have turned on people those locusts <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they did. I mean, it seemed that with any kind of um, disturbance, they just suddenly bit. And we didn't see them actively attacking anybody, but the implication that they could was definitely there. Hmm. But then, like when they're like when they're swarming Alan and Ellie, they seemed. I, I you can't see them actively biting them. But it seemed that they were afraid that that could be a possibility and they didn't want it to happen. Well, not to tangent too far, but 
I don't know what the attacking behaviour of a locust would be. Granted, these have got DNA from the Cretaceous or what have you in them. Uh, surely, even just their sheer size and mass of them just flying around panicked in a room or swarming is going to do damage if that hits you in the back of the head or <laughs> um, starts getting you in vulnerable spots anyway. But And, I mean... Locusts are essentially just like giant grasshoppers. If anybody's seen one, they have those barbs on all of their legs, and that's gonna hurt. They've got a good set of chompers on the front of them too. Like they, they yeah, eat yeah. stalks well, of I mean, grain. Like I said, <laughs> the concern of being bit was always there, mm. and it didn't. It looked like if they were kind of the size that if they bit you, it might take your finger. You know, and that's not something you really want. Well, then you got to have human blood, and that's going to affect the rating, which is why it didn't happen, I'm guessing. Yeah. Anyway, the the, the Locust podcast will continue later. Um, <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Uh, we find out that uh, Blue is also hemorrhaging, and Z doesn't have the right instruments to keep her alive, which obviously the Mercs going to the island, they would have had a basic first aid kit for humans, but no. Well, a ship like this would surely have to have a medical center, um, even a even a fairly crude one. Yeah. But then I suppose if hemorrhaging, we're going to do surgery. So, we, well, you'd have scalpels and that, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and it, I'm sure it's probably also difficult to move a 400 pound animal to that trauma area. You could, in theory, bring some of the materials with you, but I'm not sure if they could bring all of the materials they would need to do the surgery. You know, mm. I mean, they do. We do see that Zia has requested some materials from, like, she's got um, tweezers and stuff like that. It looks like she had stuff to sew up the wound and all that kind of stuff. Painkillers, probably, because Blue seemed pretty out of it. Like an animal. Even if they're losing blood, they're going to be pretty panicky. And Blue just wasn't, you know? Well, when we seen when she was shot, she it, it knocked her out. She passed out from the shock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But eventually, I mean, the shock would have worn out by now. She would have just been awake and panicking. So I'm sure she's been sedated at this point. Yeah, well, that's we know that's one thing they've definitely got access to, and that's tranquilizer darts and whatever else if she's mm-hmm. managed to uh, get the right dosage in that to uh, to knock blue. Yeah, out. So, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that too. That unlike um, Wheatley's man, Zio probably knows the white right dosage to weight ratio that would put that would calm blue down, but not like kill her. Yeah, yeah, but I just, I just don't know if it's because the the mercs are <laughs> that thing nearly killed one of our guys. We're not helping her or whatever. But with how valuable they're saying this animal is, and she's just here. They've oh, yeah, they've gone up and got her some aspirin and <laughs> thrown through the tent water. <laughs> Said here, deal with this and some tweezers and that. Like you'd think, they'd think mm-hmm. there'd be some guys here saying, right, what do we need to do? What do you need us to do? What do you need? Mm-hmm. Well, you would think that they would have somebody stand guard on her. She is a prisoner. Sort of. <laughs> well, she, yeah. If if this animal wasn't shot, she'd be left on the island with the others, and mm-hmm. I'd also be very concerned that uh, she might be getting thrown overboard before they get back to California as well. <laughs> Especially if uh, Blue dies. Um, mm-hmm. 
which I don't think is really addressed in the film at all. But yeah, no. they uh, the, the whole reason they left uh, Owen that on the island was so that Volcano would uh, leave no witnesses, so to speak. Mm. Uh, but uh, Blue tries to get up again, but Owen holds her head down, rubbing her neck. And as the minute ends, uh, tells Claire to hold pressure over the bullet wound. Uh, Claire pushes down and we, a little hard, and uh, we get a pain response from Blue. And I suppose we should mention too, this is full animatronic Blue here, laying on this table. So the actors mm. are interacting, Owen can pat her neck, console her, or comfort her. And we got... I think it's next minute <laughs> we get a bit too much pressure again and like Franklin gets a mouthful of blue goo <laughs> or blood. Um, oh, yeah, it's um, Franklin gets squirted. <laughs> She's a squirter! We'll discuss that next minute. Um, in the novel, basically, uh, Z asks, who are these guys, not assholes, which, fair enough. Uh, Blue replies, animal... Uh, Blue replies. Owen replies, animal traffickers. Um, I've seen cages like these before. It's all left over from the ivory trade. They're going to sell the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So, again, they're linking him to seeing the aftermaths of the ivory trade. It makes sense that a lot of these big cages might be stuffed. They've picked up from elephant traffickers or something like that. Um, just because of the scale the cages needed for the one, the roundup itself, and two, having the stegosaurs or the, the baby trikes and that sort of stuff in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned it during the Lost World minute, but just the, the lead time that um, InGen would have needed, Lolo would have needed to modify all those vehicles, all the cages, all that sort of stuff for Operation mm-hmm. Harvest. Same thing here. Yeah. They've had to have some money time. To pick me. <laughs> <laughs> They've had to spend some time to get all this stuff ready. Uh, it's, it's a shame, and we do see, especially when we get back to the dock, like we've got all brand new trucks, brand new unibogs. Most of the stuff looks brand new, but um, surely they've also looked, put a call out for uh, second-hand cages and that sort of thing, and West Africa's probably the cheapest spot to get them from. <laughs> but that is it for Minute 57. Dave, how about we get out of here for the week? All right, sounds good. 